We have the pleasure of welcoming Jason Abelbrook today to our interview series. Jason is a leading analyst, thought leader, leading consultant for more than 25 years in human capital management consulting and co-founder and CEO of LeapGen, is the author of the book, The Ultimate Guide to a Digital Workforce Experience, Leap for a Purpose. His current interests lie in expanding the employee experience at organizations of all sizes, the future of work, and the impact of technology to the future of organizations. Welcome, Jason, and thank you so much for your time today. As you might be aware, PeopleHum is an end-to-end, one-view integrated human capital management automation platform the winner of the 2019 Global Cody Award for HCM that is specifically built for crafted employee experiences in the future of work. We run the People Home blog and video channel, which receives upwards of 15,000 visitors a month and publish around two interviews with well-known names globally every month. So the first question I had for you, Jason, was, what is the core philosophy of LeapGen, according to you? Yeah, so first of all, I just want to thank you so much for having me on, on your show. I'm very, very honored, uh, and thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, it, the, the world we live in today is so small, and there's so much going on that, that doing a channel like this is so helpful to everyone. So I just want to thank you for the opportunity again. Um, Our pleasure. When we think about LeapGen, uh, LeapGen was formed three years ago to help organizations truly think about the future of work. And one of the things that we've seen you know, over that last three years is that the future of work is now. Every single day, there's a different part of that future of work that's important to look at. And what we try to do is we try to help organizations realize that it's 2020 outside of work. What year is it inside of work? And many organizations inside of work are way, way behind. You know, it's 2020 outside, but inside it feels like 2000 in order to get things done, in order to get a question answered, in order to be able to interact with people. And that causes a huge problem. It causes a huge, huge problem. So a core philosophy of LeapGen is how do we help organizations bridge that gap or close that chasm? The other component that's important to understand about the name LeapGen is that the LEAP component of LeapGen, L-E-A-P, stands for love, energy, audacity, and proof. So helping people love what they do and helping them educate them to love what they do to create energy, which they need energy to do the audacious and then prove the value that they're doing. So love, energy, audacity, proof. Love what you do to generate energy, to do the audacious, and to continue to prove value. All things that we need in today's world in order to drive this profession forward towards the now of work. Wow, that is indeed beautiful. And thank you so much for that explanation. So, you know, coming to the current scenario, you know, the, the chaos that's going on, how do you believe the future will now change from the impact of coronavirus? And what is missing? from the way we do disaster management? 
Yeah, um, it's a it's a great question. It's a question I'm, that I spend basically every waking hour of my day uh, working with HR leaders around the world, thinking about. And you know, the way that I've been talking about it is that we've 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 moved into a now of work scenario, whether we like it or not. Uh, we've been planning for the future of work. We've been planning for what this looks like. But guess what? You know, we've been forced into a now of work with people working from home, with people looking for answers, with people unsure about what's next, with employees not knowing if they're going to have a job, with employees not knowing how to interact with their managers when all of a sudden they're not in the same physical place as their managers. So these are all things that we've been working on uh, for decades, for the last two decades. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we've been put into the position where the future of work has now become the now of work. And organizations are scared to death. Both the organizations are scared and the employees are scared. And I have to say that they're not as scared about the virus as they're scared about what it means to work. What it means to the now of work is what they're most scared about. Are that Once again, are they going to have a job? What are the things that HR needs to do to be responsive and reactive to the situation at hand, which changes almost every day. So that's a position that, you know, HR, one of the oldest professions in the world, you know, we're not necessarily great at moving fast, but guess what? We're in a position now where the now of work requires us to move fast, and that's a different pace and tempo for us all to think through. Absolutely. And that is what we need to do. So what I want to understand is, why is creating the right employee experience so important for employers of today? So when we think about employee experience, employee experience is truly, when you think about experience, it's all about feeling. And it's all about how do I feel? How do I feel as an employee of an organization? And you know, in a world where we as employees care more about the attention and how people make us feel than we actually do about money or or we actually feel about benefits at times. I have to change the conversation to focus on attention and feeling. Now, right now, when we think about experience, it's important to understand that employee experience is a, is a core value. It's a core value of every HR function, both in good times and in bad. Because in good times, I want to celebrate. I want to share. I want to be proud of the organizations I work for. And I still do that today. But guess what? In times of crisis, the experience is probably more important. Because when we mm-hmm. talk about things like moments that matter, you know, it's fine to talk about moments that matter. Like, hey, you're having a baby or, hey, you're changing your address. But guess what? This is a moment that matters that I need to be able to communicate with you 24-7. I need to be able to create an experience where you feel like I'm there for you as an employer, as an employee. I need to create an experience that gets you the ability to answer questions quickly. Because guess what? If I can't answer your questions quickly, you get frustrated, I get frustrated, and guess what? You know, work is already grinding to a halt. It's going to grind to an even bigger halt if I can't make you feel like you're an important part of the organization. So, you know, wake up call, 
you know, we've been focusing on employee experience during great times. Guess what? Employee experience during hard times is even more important. And I, I have to tell you, we're ill prepared to be able to do that as an industry as of today. Absolutely. I think, you know, uh, one of the important things is to actually uh, be together in it and to understand how to cope with this together, which you know, is a really big ordeal right now. You know, and unfortunately, people think of employee experience as a nice user interface, you know, a yeah. nice piece of technology. And it's so much bigger than that. Like, I want to check in with every one of my employees every hour and see how they're doing. You know, I want to be able to take their pulse or take their temperature as to, you know, hey, how are you doing today? How are you feeling today? Are you going to be able to bring yourself to work? You know, I want to be able to push content to them about how to keep their family safe. Or now, you know, in the United States, where basically school is gone for kids for probably two to three months, every place, every single home, people are working and their kids are in the next room, you know not really understanding what this means. How can I push content to people to help them deal with that? And I mean, that's all part of employee experience. It's so much bigger than just, hey, here's a nice portal with the ability to answer some questions. Absolutely. And I think um, your Slack channel does absolutely that. And that's amazing. You know, if I could so, just talk about that just really, really briefly, if you don't mind. I mean, we set sure, up this sure. now of work Slack channel, uh, and uh, as well as the Now of Work weekly meetups. And what these are, what this is really for is A, to just give attention to the industry. I, I want us to be able to pay attention to each other. If we pay attention to each other and we work together, we can get through moments, once again, whether they're good moments or bad. B, we all have questions. Like this, there's no answers to this. There's not a, you know, there's not a handbook that says, hey, take this. Here's how to deal with the situation. So we need to be able to ask each other questions and we need to co-create the answers together. And the third thing is that we have to realize that our ability to attend events, like I've been at some great events in the past with People Hub, you know, our ability to attend events is all of a sudden cut off. And our ability to talk to someone across the office from us is cut off. So how do I do, what do I do? I have to create a virtual environment that, that shows love and that allows me to give attention to others, you know, in the same way I would in a physical setting. So, you know, if the Slack channel does nothing else, you know, it's for that. And I hope that, you know, all of your listeners get an opportunity to join that channel, you know, and share their thoughts because we have a lot to learn. And, you know, we're one globe. And the more that we can share, the better off we're going to be. Absolutely. And I think it's a great way of communication, you know, kind of bring the whole community together to ask those common questions that we all have in our mind. And that is absolutely phenomenal. You know, one of the things that's really interesting about that, and I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt your question there, but one of the things that's really interesting is get outside of work. This happens all the time. It happens on Twitter. It happens on Instagram DM. It happens on TikTok. It happens on, you know, chat, WhatsApp, WeChat, whatever tool we use. We're already communicating that way. But for some reason inside of work, we're not. 
and for some reason inside communities were not. So, it, you know, I hope that if nothing else out of, you know, this terrible situation, that we keep these channels going. Because we as an industry can move two, three, four times as fast if we work together. Absolutely, absolutely. And that brings me uh, to, to the next question, which is, um, what is your advice to organizations that are trying to create a great employee experience? What should they focus on? So when we're thinking about creating an employee experience, and you know, I'm going to try not to get focused on today as much as the bigger picture, um, you know, realizing that the, the crisis we're in today is is one, you know, there's a set of answers. But I believe that my answers will tie to both, you know, to all situations. The first thing is that we have to think about designing the experience for the employee and for the manager first. We have to think about designing the experience for the employee and the manager first, which means I can't take a bunch of HR stuff and just push it out to people and hope that magically they're going to use it. Because guess what? They don't know how to speak our language. They don't know what the words mean that we use. You know, the standard words that sit in a core HR or a core human capital management system mean nothing to an employee. So when I think about creating experience, I have to put it in the language and the design for the person that's interacting first. Okay, we have a lot to learn in HR as the function has shifted from a business-to-business -business function to a business-to-consumer function. We haven't done a great job of shifting how we actually think about what we deploy to people from an experience standpoint. So the first thing is design for them. The second thing is it has to be more than transactions. What captivates us and what gets us addicted to an experience is interaction. I could sit and talk to you all night. But guess what? I couldn't do that if I, I couldn't do that if I was just reading. You know, watching your face, watching you nod, watching your eyes as I talk to you, that's interaction. And guess what? It keeps me engaged. You know, if I was just doing this via audio, I'd be a quarter of the of the percentage engaged. So thinking about that and thinking about how do I don't just create transaction. The formula that I like to use is transaction plus interaction equals experience. Okay. If we're just transacting, if I was just typing to you, that's just part of it. The interaction and the trust that I get from looking into your eyes in a situation like this with video, that's what ties to experience. And then the third thing, and I think this is so important and we're so not good at it right this second, is that experience changes by the day. So I need to be looking at a whole new world of analytics and measures that tell me that, hey, guess what? 32 people searched today for something that they couldn't find the answer to. What do I do? Today or tomorrow, I fix it. I don't wait till the next release. I don't wait till the next upgrade. I fix it now. So experience is something that's not a one-time thing and I roll it out and I'm done with it till the next version or the next project. Experience is always on. It has to be always on because guess what? Our employees and managers are quote unquote always on. So if we don't think about that, what we're doing is we set ourselves up for failure and we don't continue to innovate. You know, what, the way that I like to talk about it is we have to treat experience like a pet, not like a rock. 
You know, I have a rock. Mm-hmm. It can sit there. You know, I it can sit there for two years without being touched. But when I think about experience, I have to walk it every day. I have to water it every day. I have to take it out every day. I have to pet it every day and make it feel good. And guess what? HR organizations don't have the operating model in a lot of cases to think that way. Absolutely. That is a very interesting take on employee experience. Um, Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for asking. (laughs) So what I'd like to dive into next is uh, how is the now of work uh, different from the future of work? It's a great, great question. So, um, and thank you for asking it, by the way. So, you know, we've been talking about the future of work forever. And we can keep talking about future of work and future of work and there's future of work summits and there's future of work forums, you know, and I'll, and I have a book that's called, you know, you know, guiding the future of work. So we've been talking about it forever. The thing that's most important to understand about the now of work is that it is now. The future is now. We can't keep kicking the can on this and saying, hey, guess what? We're going to get to it someday because we live in a moment where the future is right now. And it's fascinating to me. One of the things that we've been doing for a long time is we've been talking about how do we prepare the workforce for the workplace? And I think it's backwards. I think we got it backwards. I think we have to say, how do we prepare the workplace for the workforce? And that that difference is why the time is now, you know, now realizing we, you know, with budgets frozen and people not sure what's happening with coronavirus, you know, when I say now, like the now of work, the now of work isn't bright at the moment. And I might not have budgets and my priorities might be changing because I'm on crisis response. But guess what? That's not going to last forever. This has to be our wake up call. This has to be our rallying cry to stop thinking about future of work and start thinking about now of work. Absolutely. I think what you're saying is, you know, very, very correct. We cannot keep pushing that can. And then when push comes to shove, you're just like, oh my God, it's here. You know, it's not like that. It's an ever evolving process. And I absolutely agree with you on that one. And I don't, you know, and I don't want to make this a, I don't want to turn this into a, fault issue, but we haven't worked fast enough. I mean, if you think about, you know, our ability to buy things online, you know, our ability to interact with people wherever they are, you know, I've watched my kids, I've watched my family buy things online. I've watched my family do their schoolwork online. I've watched my family um, interact with other members around the world. But guess what? At work, we can't do that stuff. We're we're not ready. Like we didn't we're not we we weren't ready. So that you know, the fact that it was twenty twenty outside of work and that what year is it inside of work and we're struggling because we didn't train managers to work remotely. We didn't actually think about, you know, how do I measure how people are feeling remotely? I didn't have the right mechanisms in place to allow people to work from home. All that stuff that I'm talking about, guess what? Like we were late. We missed it. Now, that doesn't mean we're casting blame on anything, but that's that. this is an example of that chasm. This is an example of 2020 outside of work. What year is it inside? Guess what? At a moment that we needed it, 
we weren't ready. So, you know, as we recover from this, which we all will, how do we turn this into a rallying cry, like I said, for the now of work in order to make sure that we never get caught off guard like this globally again? Right, right, absolutely. So the follow-up question to this is a little on the data side of it, you know, your views on how important is data and analytics in HR platforms of today? So data, you know, I mean, it's a great question. And, you know, data is the lifeblood of what makes a people function work, you know, period, end of story. Now, there's lots of types of data, and there's lots of ways data is used. And I'll tell you that a lot of organizations don't realize the power of data. Let me give you an example. There are organizations around the world right now who are having to deal with layoffs. They're having to deal with layoffs in the middle of this economy or furloughs. But guess what? Because they don't have data, they don't have good data, they're making talent decisions that are not the right talent decisions. Guaranteed. They're not mm -hmm. focusing on people that have the highest potential. They're not focusing on balancing salaries in the right kind of way. They're not focusing on, are these people really the most engaged people that we have? And then over on the HR side, I've got a bunch of data. I've got a lot of this data that I'm talking about, but guess what? I'm not presenting it to the leadership of a business in a way where it's telling a story, in a way where it's providing insight and action. Okay, I can't just give data without an action alongside it. Okay, insight without action is nothing. If I say, "Hey, guess what? This is what this is what's going on," and they don't know what to do with it, it's hard. So you know, I always you know I always think about this concept of it. You know, from a data standpoint, you know, don't I can't ask if I'm not ready to act. I can't ask if I'm not ready to act. And I think that's really, really important. So, you know, tied to data, do I think it's important? Oh my gosh, yes. Do I think we're good in HR at collecting data? Yes. Do I think we're good at actually telling stories about that data? No. Do I think we use that data in the right ways? No. I think we use it to look at ourselves in the mirror instead of looking in through a window and telling the business, here is the impact and the value of our people. And I think once again, these moments, like the one we're in right now, is really, really, really important. Absolutely. Right. You're right. We must be ready to uh, act. 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 Just giving me data. I mean, the more that I produce data and the more that I distribute it and people don't do anything with it, the more it devalues the work that I'm doing. So I have to be able to, and guess what? The data also has to be trusted because in a lot mm -hmm. of organizations, people don't trust it. They, you know, or it's not presented in a language that they speak. Okay. That, I mean, that's another big component of it. So data is awesome. Data is the capital that drives businesses. And since people that is the number one spend in organizations, I have to have good data on it. But it's not about payroll dollars. 
it's not about how much I spend on people. It's how much those people mean to me and the value those people have to the business. And I have to, as an HR function, get better at that, especially in times like this where you know I'm trying to make some... Once again, organizations, like I said, are going to make bad decisions about people. It's going to cost them both in the short term as well as in the long term. Absolutely. I think it's time we move people-centric rather than being business-centric. Sometimes right? you need a wake-up call. Yeah. Sometimes you need a wake-up call. And I, I mean, I hope this is one of those moments. Yeah, seriously hope that. <laughs> and so apart from data, you know, how do you think, um, how will artificial intelligence shape the way we create workplace experiences? So it's a great question. And, you know, I'm, um, artificial intelligence will augment how people work. Okay. Artificial intelligence isn't a magic answer. And, you know, there's people that think, hey, AI and artificial intelligence, once we've got that, we're set. You know, there's a whole body of work that has to happen in every organization that says, that answers this question. How do we want people and machines to work together? How do we want people and machines to work together? Uh, frankly, I'm quite frustrated the organizations that say AI is going to replace people. Because guess what? AI is not going to replace people. AI is going to help people do their jobs better. And AI is going to help the HR function become more empathetic and more human. So I always think about it in this way. And you know, I'll use this example really quickly. Hands, heads, and hearts. Hands, heads, and hearts. So AI can start to replace the hands work. Okay, that's what AI is great at it right now. It's really good at replacing some of the transactional hands work. And it's starting. It's starting to help me with the heads work. It's starting to produce information that I can then use my brain to understand what it's saying. But AI is not good at hearts work. AI is not empathetic to the fact that, guess what? I don't have enough food to feed my family. Or guess what? I have a, a death in the family. Or guess what? I've been sick for three weeks and I don't know what I'm going to do. AI is not the answer to that. So I, I hope that makes sense. I, I, I truly think that in creating the experience, the ultimate, ultimate employee experience, we have to think about how do we blend hands, heads, and hearts together and push AI onto the right things, which is the hands work, so that we can spend more time on what humans are great at, which is the heart's work. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a wonderful answer. And the example is absolutely great. Uh, well, that brings me to the last question that I have for you today, Jason. What is your vision for human capital management systems of tomorrow? So, you know, my vision of human capital management systems um, it has changed over the last decade drastically because of the outside world. So, you know, you know, originally we just wanted to make sure we had data, you know, as HR people. We just wanted to make sure we had good data and hopefully we could use it for something. 
And what happened over time was we realized that the only way to get good data was to involve people. Like we can't key enough data. Like we need to make sure that people are using tools. They're engaged in journeys to create the data that I need to make decisions. So when we think what that means to the future, the future is we stop designing processes for HR people. We start designing journeys for employees and managers. We stop thinking about what's the impact on HR of putting this system in place to thinking about what's the impact on or how is it making my people feel to create an experience for them to drive their engagement at work. Okay, we stop thinking about the fact that I'm going to run a report and, you know, email it off to someone versus I'm going to be able to proactively and predictively have data pushed to people to help them do their jobs. I'm not going to have call centers. I'm going to have experience centers that drive people to be more engaged. And the transactional questions they have are going to be answered by tools like AI and machine learning. I'm not going to think about services that I provide HR. I'm going to think about experiences that I provide to the workforce. The core HCM solution is going to be the foundation. It's going to be the brain. It's going to be the heart of this. What, how we then take the, the data from that heart and push it out to people and make sure that it's an experience that we're not worried about adoption. What we're worried about is, are they addicted to it? Because guess what? We're shifting from adoption to addiction. And if they're addicted to it, guess what? They're going to go to it for everything. Just like we go to our phones for everything, they're going to go to this place that's going to make them a better employee and drive better results for the business. So I truly think the future human capital management system is really about employer relationships. It's We probably end up shifting the name at some time from human capital management to employer relationship management. Because what I really want to do is I want to manage the relationship between my workforce, employees, contractors, gig workers, et cetera, et cetera, and me. Just like I manage the relationship with my customers. Why is it? That, uh, you know, customer relationship management is called CRM, not customer capital management, but human capital management is called HCM. The relationship, the attention, the engagement, the, the, the value of that person to the organization has to be exposed and it has to be exposed more. And I truly think that's the future where HR or people systems, workforce solutions or what we like to call the digital workplace, where that's headed. Right, that's a beautiful answer, Jason. And you're right, you know, it's not just data in, data out, but it's about crafting the entire experience, right? And to free people for much better tasks, uh, for higher order thinking, right? And yeah, and, and let's not even let's not even fool around with the transactional st- too strategic anymore. I mean, we've been talking about that forever. I'm older than you, so we've been talking about it forever. Let's focus it on humans. Let's go away from the transactional to a focus on how do I drive people to do their best work, to be their best at work, and to make sure that work is the best experience that it can be. 
Absolutely, absolutely. That's it's wonderful. It, it was a complete pleasure talking to you, Jason. I really, really appreciate your time and sharing your views with us. It's truly been an enriching learning experience for me personally and will surely be for our viewers too. Uh, I, I hope you enjoy the session. No, it's great. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I loved it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I hope the entire People Hub community gets something out of this. You know, and um, you know, I'm sure on, the, on your link you can put my information as to how to follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and you know the link to the Now of Work Slack group so that people can join. Right. Uh, let's keep in touch and keep us safe and healthy time ahead of you.